Welcome to the Fit Vegan Body Podcast with your host, Aaron Cattell, the vegan coach. The point of this podcast is to give you an in-depth but practical approach when it comes to losing weight, being healthy, or gaining muscle on a vegan or plant-based diet. We will have guests every single week to help clear up any confusion and make sure that you are 100% confident in your choice of your lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Body. I'm here with Rebecca from a non-profit organization called Let Us Be Heroes. Hey Rebecca, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Great. Thanks for jumping on a call with me all the way from Singapore. Um, you're in Singapore at the moment or no? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. Uh, the reason I wanted you to come onto the podcast is talk about like the mindset for people to have the correct mindset and motivation when they are starting a vegan diet, transitioning, or even just trying to stick to something in general, because I know you do a lot of talks um, on that kind of thing. So before we kind of go into that, why don't we kind of talk about how you kind of discovered the vegan lifestyle and what's it like, you know, in Singapore and that kind of stuff. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for having me and um, I hope, you know, um, my story can inspire others as well. So um, I, my background is I'm originally from France mm -hmm. and I've been in Asia for 15 years, most of this time in China, about 10 years in China, in Beijing and Shanghai. And I went vegan when I was living in Hong Kong. And at that time, I mean, before I went vegan, I was actually the biggest meat eater in my family. Um, you know how cheese is pretty much a religion in France. So uh, there it was a big part of uh, what I ate. And yeah. I really used to have um, a strong aversion <laughs> yeah. uh, for uh, vegetables. So I was not attracted to that lifestyle at all. I had a very few vegetarian friends and I didn't really understand them. I didn't relate. I didn't identify myself uh, with them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I've always loved animals. I always felt pretty connected to them. And when I was living in China, um, I adopted a dog that was rescued from dog meat. And okay. I was really shocked that to learn that it was happening like in a city like Shanghai, which is a really large, modern, and you know, vibrant city. So when I found strays in the streets, puppies and cats, I rescued them because not only they were going to be, you know, strays, but they could get caught and sent to slaughter. Yeah. And I really thought I was doing my best. So I became, even amongst my friend, I was, you know, the girl always saving dogs and cats. Um, but three years ago, I realized something. I realized that um, actually we humans cause a lot of unnecessary suffering. And it's not because we are bad people but it's because we are careless or because maybe sometimes it's inconvenient for us. Um, so we just take, you know, the fastest route to, you know, wherever we're going. And in the meantime, we, we just don't think too much about how our actions impact others and impact others as well. And when I had this realization, I, I understood that I really wanted to be someone who would become more conscious you know, I think we all have, you know, this kind of day where we feel a little bit overwhelmed and, you know, I don't know if it's about watching the news or hearing something and feeling really powerless about everything that's going on. 
um, when it comes to you know violence and sickness, etc. And so I really wanted to 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 become more conscious and to be someone who would try my best to make um, a good difference. And as I was going through this realization, I looked at what I was having on my plate and that was immediate. So I made the connection immediately. And for the first time of my life, I could see really the flesh of animals on my plate. I was yeah. sitting at a Japanese restaurant. We were having all kinds of you know, pork belly and chicken and beef, like scores. And I just told the guy, please, you know, just give me rice and veggies and whatever you have. Um, I can't anymore. I can't, I can't continue. And so that was very sudden for me. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, I, and I didn't know everything that was going on, you know, if it's like within the animal agriculture industry or even in terms of health. I had started to educate myself a little bit on health. I had watched uh, folks over knives and yeah. I knew that there were people on a plant-based diet and I knew it was somehow healthier but I didn't really know the details so I just dive like I just dove right into it and um, yeah and there I am now <laughs> okay how, how long ago was this so that was three years ago so I went pretty much I ditched meat dairy and eggs overnight and then yeah. I made some research immediately because I was really shocked to to realize that I had never thought about this before yeah. and so I started to really look and listen and watch videos and try to educate myself to understand how come I had never thought about that. And um, so I came across a lot of overwhelming, you know, evidence and, um, and content and information. Yeah. So uh, I did fish fairly quickly after that. So within a few weeks, I did I big fish and, uh, you know, what I used to call seafood as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was three years ago. Okay, because that, I mean, obviously in Asia, you know, meat and fish and seafood is quite, quite massive. And I think, you know, when you see a dog on the street and you're in China and you know that the, the dog meat trade is happening, I feel like that is a massive eye opener because a lot of people don't have that connection between, you know, cows, pigs, sheep and dogs and cats, whereas they're all animals, they should all be treated the same. And you're kind of like, wow, this dog, if I don't save it, is going to be potentially eaten. And you're like, wow. That, I think for me, that would scare the crap out of me. I would be like, wow. That would make, I think, a lot of people um, you know, go vegan overnight. Um, yes, but at the same time, you know, I adopted my dog 10 years ago, and yeah. I became vegan three years ago. So there was a, you know, a period of time where I didn't make the connection. I still looked after my dog. I still rescued dogs. But it took me a while to get into this place of you know opening my eyes yeah okay that's cool um so what then kind of made you decide to kind of start let us be heroes um and i guess tell people that are listening what that's actually about and kind of what keeps you motivated to kind of do something like that um so again so when i became vegan and then I educated myself. So usually people do it the other way around, <laughs> but you just do it the way you know that that, that suits you. But yeah. um, I I realized that actually a whole food plant based diet can prevent and sometimes reverse our leading killers. And this is big because I lost my father to brain cancer when I was 16. I lost my grandmother to type 2 diabetes. I lost my mentor to blood cancer seven years ago, and. I know many people actually who have lost someone they love 
way too soon because of these illnesses. And, you know, when we hear someone we love that is diagnosed with such, you know, a terrible uh, disease, we feel powerless and there's not much we can do. And we go through very painful, you know, period of time and very painful treatments as well. So to learn that actually we don't have to go through all this and we have a choice, that really is one of the key information that really made me decide to quit my career and become a speaker to educate people. Yeah. So I started uh, about two years ago, I actually trained myself first with a professional public speaking coach. So in my former career, I was in sales for many years and before that diplomacy and before that um, I was an interpreter, Chinese French interpreter in China and in France. So I, I had some sense of public speaking, but I really wanted to train myself properly to make sure that I could have a maximum impact from the start. So I worked with someone for a few months who is not a vegan, which was great because he could give me really good feedback and he could challenge me every step of the way. Yeah. And, um, and then I started speaking a year and a half ago and I delivered to date about 40 talks. Um, has the birds outside. <laughs> Um, beautiful. So 40 talks to date, I speak to people in their workplace or in their school. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I do it for free. I come over to their lunch hour and I just come and share the information that is available to all of us out there. But most people are too busy and too caught up in their lives to, you know, take, make the effort to look for this information. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, what do you kind of, talk do you just talk about the vegan lifestyle to talk about like i mean it must be because you'll be talking to people that aren't yet vegan so what is like the general reaction yeah. i suppose that people get and do you actually have a lot of i guess resistance to it because i mean a lot of people still don't adopt the vegan lifestyle they still don't believe in it that kind of thing so how do you kind of deal with those those kinds of people Yes, right. So for me, it's really important that I speak to people who are not aware and who think that they don't care about these issues. And actually, what I learned along my journey is that most people care. So what I do is I actually approach or I get approached by companies now. And I say that I deliver a, a talk on what is a healthy and sustainable lifestyle. So how our food choices impact our health, our planet and our values. So I don't mention the animals too much because this is where we encounter a lot of resistance, especially in the beginning. So yeah. my talks are built in a way where I speak first about our health mm -hmm. and you know, like basic nutrition facts. So let's, you know, the, the myth around dairy, around omega-3s and fish, around, um, you know, protein, that kind of stuff. And then you know, what is, I demystify healthy eating as well, because I think there's this idea that eating healthy means you have to eat steamed broccoli every day. And yeah. of course, nobody wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I talk about the impact of our food choices on the planet. And this is, and then I get into what we do to animals. So when I get to speak about the animals, we have, you know, a lower resistance to it. We already know, okay, this this is not healthy for us. We don't have to do this. This is destroying the planet. And it makes us also feel uncomfortable emotionally to look at this. So, you know, the underlying question is, 
have we been eating the wrong food for our species? Mm. And everything that I learn, and I keep learning every day, but everything that I look at tends to point that the answer is, yeah, we probably have been eating absolutely the wrong food for, you know, for our species. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we could argue that we evolved on it, but now we're still evolving and we don't need that anymore. We can just be like, yep, cool. We can live without it. So why not? Um, let's talk about like the mindset and motivation to actually stick to a vegan diet. Um, what advice do you have for people that maybe are in more, I guess they don't know how to do it or they are getting a lot of pressure from other people or I know they're just not really, you know, they're 95% of the way there. They're just kind of that last 5% that they need to get their mindset in the right place. What kind of advice would you have for them? So I like to use the metaphor of the caterpillar going into chrysalis and then becoming a butterfly. And this is the image of change for me. Yeah. And it really means that when we look at change, we are really worried about everything we have to give up. Um, we are worried about how our family and friends are going to react. We are worried about, you know, what about when we go to the restaurant, etc. Um, but change is actually not becoming someone else. It's really just changing our habits. It's becoming who we are. And when we focus on what we gain, then change, you know, we can accept that change is just a natural part of evolution. So I talk about that in my talks because, again, some people are more open to change than others, or at least um, in terms of how we approach change, we all have different ways of approaching change. I'm someone who can change and take decisions overnight, and I don't mind changing a behavior very quickly but I do understand how we not all built like that. And if I take the example of my husband, he's on the other side of the spectrum where he is someone who likes to take incremental steps. And for him being an Italian, his first step was a big deal. And it was having a soy cappuccino instead of a dairy, you know, cappuccino. Yeah. And I mean, obviously I had a lot of resistance uh, from him. But when he started, he felt better, you know, like he, he actually ditched dairy milk first and dairy in general um, right away. And I mean, right away being in a few weeks slash months and he felt so much better. So he could, you know, sleep better, digest better, have more energy just with, you know, ditching dairy. And for him, that was not just hearing from me or someone else telling him what to do. It was really his body telling him, wow, this is good, I love that. And that really encouraged him to stay open and take more steps. So we would eat, for example, plant-based at home and it would be delicious and he would feel good, but then he would go you know, outside or on, on a trip um, in another country or in a, another city and he would you know, decide to have a steak sandwich and then he would feel horrible and you know, food coma and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. It took some time for him, but, um, but he got there and he got there because he felt good. So I think the number one thing is understanding why we want to do things. So change, number one, is not something to be scared about if we know why we do it. And that's really important. 
Yeah, I think having a really good reason why you want to do it and focusing on that on, you know, when time's tough, other things that are going to motivate you to continue. Um, and having the accountability from like, maybe other people to kind of make sure that, you know, you stick to the, the things that you say you're going to do. I really did like that metaphor of the caterpillar and the butterfly. Um, and that could obviously be used not just to going into veganism, but, you know, becoming a better person, a stronger person or, you know, a healthier person. Um, do you think there's a little bit of a different mindset people might need to adopt if they're just trying to go vegan for the animals versus trying to be vegan for the animals, the environment, as well as their own health? I think that we need to, number one, we need to really check in to, to, to know what is important for us. And for some people, health is the, the first reason and it's extremely important it's an extremely important reason for some people it's the planet and for some people it's the animals whatever the reason is i think that we cannot change if we stay in our mind and if we do things based on let's say you know numbers data and again out of being scared we need to do things from our heart we need to connect so once we make a connection an emotional connection whatever the reason is, then this is how we can adopt change. Yeah, sure. So talking about like the different reasons why people you know, are vegan, I know you've got a qualification in nutrition and plant-based nutrition as well. Does it frustrate you a little bit when people just kind of focus on the animals and not on their own personal health? Um, like if they just go onto like a junk food vegan diet versus like, you know, I don't care about my own health. I'm just going to, you know, anything as long as there's an, not an animal involved. Yeah, so uh, look, I, I'm not frustrated personally, but I do think that we are missing chances on so many levels. Number one, caring about animals is not exclusive of having self-love and looking after ourselves. It doesn't make us you know, selfish in any kind of way to decide that we are going to invest in our health and do what is best in terms of you know, investing into nutrients and good food to make us feel good. Um, so that's something that is, is extremely important. Um, the second thing I would say is that when we want to lead by example, then obviously if we are not in good health, this is not really inviting and this is not really effective. So I have met several um, people who are you know, working and you know, all kinds of work of, of advocacy but they look so depressed and they look really, really in bad health. And to be honest, like, I don't know who would ever be inspired by someone who is in that state. So I think it's really deserving the message to not look after ourselves. And again, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. The thing is the same foods, the foods that are the best for us are the best for the planet are the best for the animals. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, like, the animals don't care if we have junk food or organic, you know, raw diet. Um, but if we are in this for the long run, and if we want to have a balance and a happy lifestyle, we do need to look after ourselves. Nobody else is going to do it. Um, one thing that I find um, that is also hindering our growth, maybe, I look at 
you know, there's the vegan junk food that we consume, but there's also the junk content that we consume with our minds. So if someone spends a lot of time watching a lot of graphic video or a lot of, I don't know, you know, meaningless content or scary content, violent, um, then it's going to have an impact on, you know, our mental health and the mind as well. So if we want to increase our vibration, if we want to be healthy, to be a better version of ourselves and to continue growing and learning, then we absolutely have to look after our health. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that, especially with the statement you made about leading by example. And I think that the people that do, you know, go out and protest against, you know, animal cruelty are doing an amazing job. But if they are trying to convince people they need to be, you know, happy and be like, okay, cool. This is what a vegan looks like. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. And I want to be, you know, that kind of thing as well. Um, and I, for me personally, it is a little bit frustrating being in the health industry when people don't care about their health, even if they're vegan or not. I'm just like, you need to, because that's going to make you live longer, be happier, be healthier for you and your family. Um, speaking of, you know, those, I guess, negative or, I guess animal cruelty videos and the emotional side that when you realize what is actually happening, you know, happening in the meat and the dairy industry, how, how do you suggest people kind of deal with the emotional aspect of that? Because I mean, for the first time, when the first time I saw that stuff, it was quite heavy and depressing. And I was like, wow, you know, this is actually going on. It was, yeah, it's quite upsetting. Mm, right. So, I think whether you're vegan or not, watching any kind of slaughter video or watching, you know, dairy cows running after trucks, carrying their babies away, or watching, you know, what happens to the milk chicks or watching, you know, the fish uh, being pulled out of the ocean is something that is really distressing. And this just goes to show that it is not human nature to eat the way that we have been eating. It's, you know, we have empathy, it's built in, and when we are confronted to the impact of what we do, we feel bad about ourselves, we feel depressed. So again, like this, this is not a vegan lifestyle, it's not a lifestyle that is you know, only going to make you healthier and it's better. It's what we are meant to be, you know? Like we are meant to be this way. So um, I just want to, to, to uh, put a note on that. Uh, but back to your question, how do we maintain balance? So the work I do is, I focus on the good and I focus on everyone out there making a difference and trying to make a difference. And I'm looking at, you know, all these people making tremendous efforts and I applaud any kind of activism, but I think we can be better in, the ter in terms of inspiring people. And we do need to take a step and, and think, are we, you know, when we are having a conversation, when we are putting some kind of content out there, is the person leaving my page or leaving the conversation happier, inspired, or depressed and overwhelmed? And I think this is a responsibility we all have in the time that we live now where all of us can post anything, you know, it's just at our fingertips. Um, we have a responsibility to think about the consequence of what we share. So personally, I focus on the good. It doesn't mean that I don't talk about the horrors and the atrocities that are going on. I talk about this, I show some of it, but most of my content is about inspiring and it's about what the world could be and what we can gain, you know, um, 
from this change um, of behavior. Yeah. And I think it's really important when we look at the emotional side of things. Number one, we, it's not healthy to repress our emotions. So whatever emotions come up, we need to honor them. If we need to cry, we need to cry. We need to be angry, we need to be angry. That's okay. Um, but we can't act out of anger. We can't act out of depression or sadness. You know, we need to, to learn to be comfortable with our emotions and not let our emotions rule us completely. So for me, again, we all have different aspirations, but, you know, for me, what, what helps me in keeping uh, a balance and maintaining an, a positive outlook on things is I, I like to look at the universe. <laughs> so strangely enough, you know, the macro and looking at the, the big stuff really makes me, you know, everything is more relative and it puts me at peace. You know, it could be even more overwhelming, but I love looking at the universe. I love looking at quantum physics. I love looking at, you know, the, the realms of the consciousness within the human mind. I love learning about different things or even ancient history. So that's the thing that I like to do. I like to have a meditation practice as well. Uh, this is something that is quite important to me, uh, almost a daily practice. And, um, you know, but this is me and we all have different things. So, so for some people, it might be cooking, but it might be, you know, going out with your friends or playing an instrument, you know, living your passion, being an athlete or, you know, taking your bike and riding or running. But we, it's important that we keep a balance and, you know, we cannot, again, we need to look at how we can be sustainable in our approach and how are we in this the long run. I am in this 100% for the long run, meaning that I'm not running myself down 12 hours a day, otherwise I'm going to get into a burnout. Yeah. And if I'm into a burnout, then who else is going to speak on my behalf? Nobody. So I think this is why it's you know, even more important. And we can talk about difficult things and we can be confronted to difficult things, but use this energy to rise instead of, you know, feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Do what makes you happy every single day, basically. I think so. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I think you spoke about, you know, that this is the way that we should be living. How do you deal with the people that disagree with that? You know, the people that don't think the vegan lifestyle is what we should be doing. Um, that kind of thing. So uh, it's important to, remember that we can't we cannot ever convince 100 percent of people and and that's okay and people are only ready to change or to accept what they are ready to accept at that time so i don't spend too much time trying to convince the ones who are really against the message and the way that i speak actually it's funny because before i started my talks i talk now to um I don't know, maybe about a thousand people. And the first year I recorded um, feedback. So I, I collected feedback via surveys. And I was really, actually I was surprised and shocked almost to see that 80% of people who attended my talk on average, no matter the background, no matter if it was in a startup, in a conservative environment, like a private bank or amongst you know, students, 80% of people are willing to reduce the consumption of animal products and of course within any kind of audience there are always two three people who don't want to change don't want to learn more 
but the vast majority are willing to learn more and to take a step. And I was really surprised because I didn't think that this would be the, the feedback that I would be getting. And the reason is, again, because I am focusing on inspiring, because I am focusing on the good and because I am explaining. And when I speak, I speak about we. I don't speak, you know, I don't say you. Look at what you are doing when, you know, you're buying this product. Look at what you are doing to the animal. Look at what we are doing. And there's a big difference, I think, which people understand. And then they're more ready to accept uh, the message. So, um, so most people are actually willing to to be you know to be open and to to look and for those who are not then you know i don't spend too much time on them because i focus on the ones that are ready to take a step because we we don't need to convince 100 percent of people we need a tipping point we need to reach a critical mass and the critical mass is not uh 100 is basically based on various research with looking at 25 percent being the number that ignites change and massive change in societies. Yeah, I think that's an important point. And I, I believe as well that, you know, you focus on the ones that want to be helped. And just for those that don't yet, you just make sure you have a positive experience with them so that maybe in the future, they come back to you and ask you for help yes. or to, for education or something like that. I give you an example. I have a good friend of mine who not only uh, is a heavy meat eater, but he's also supporting Corrida. Uh, you know, the bullfighting. Yeah. Uh, it's also big on Praga and, you know, all the kind of stuff. And he's a good friend of mine. We know each other for quite a few years. Um, and of course, like this has been someone that has been really, I mean, not against, well, he's, he doesn't love the message, but he's my friend. So he's been exposed to it to a certain degree over the years. And just the other day, he sent me um, a talk show that happened in France where some um, vegans were invited uh, to speak and they were not doing a very good job. And he sent it to me and he said, please go and speak because, you know, your movement needs more people like you. And this is coming from someone who doesn't even want the world to be vegan, you know. So you, you never know how, you know, you inspire someone around you. And even the ones who may look at, you know, the message Sorry, those who may look like they would never change might be your biggest allies. So I've, had, I've found allies within, you know, many circles and people who actually are not vegan themselves. Yeah, because there's probably something. Like, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that would agree with just hurting animals for no good reason. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there is always something that you can have in common. Um, right. Right, let's talk a little bit more about um, your filmmaking. What kind of inspired you to, I suppose, decide to kind of make a documentary? Was it, you know, other documentaries that you've watched or was it more just like a hobby that you've decided to kind of like focus on? Like what was kind of like started that? that yes, that's a good question. <laughs> um, so I realized, I mean, we live in an era where videos are, I think, the most impactful medium you can find. Um, and people consume a lot of content most of the time, but we are watching a lot of, um, of videos. So it just, the idea came after a year and a half of speaking and seeing this consistent feedback, I realized, okay, so maybe instead of recording myself, you know, giving my standard talk of 45 minutes and putting it on YouTube, maybe I should make 
a documentary based on my talk tracks, which I know is reaching people and in a certain way. But instead of just me speaking, which might be boring for 45 minutes, uh, then we invite other people from, you know, different angles. So I invited some friends who are athletes. Uh, they are a, a married couple. Luktan is a strength athlete and uh, entrepreneur. Emily, his wife, is an ultra endurance runner. So she runs, you know, 100Ks. Uh, and she, I mean, she's amazing. She still breastfeed their um, 18 months old daughter. Mm -hmm. I invited uh, Captain Peter Hammerstead, who is uh, the director of campaign for Sea Shepherd, um, to talk about the oceans because I think in general there's not enough emphasis on oceans and on sea animals. Um, I have a friend who is a fashion designer who is vegan herself and also cruelty free. And uh, yeah, I just wanted, you know, different type of people, you know, food tech entrepreneur and also digital startup founder to bring this message and share their story uh, because we, it's a movement that is very, very diverse. And I wanted to really reflect that message via yeah, this diversity and, um, you know, keep inspiring people yeah for sure and i think you know it can be obviously being shown to a lot more people when you put it on a video platform as opposed to you speaking um so do you kind of did you kind of just put that together because you wanted to learn how to make a movie or were you kind of like um i've actually been properly trained in filmmaking oh yeah so i'm not trained myself to uh, in terms of filmmaking, so I hired someone who is, you know, uh, who was in charge of the cinematography. So I directed and produced it. I decided of all angles in the content, you know, the interviews, the image, the the the, the, the music, all of that. Uh, but I do hire. I have hired a professional because, um, yeah, no, I'm not someone who's very technical and patient with learning, you know, the, yeah. the setting <laughs> that kind of stuff. No, that that's not my thing. Um, yeah. It's good to know your own limit. Uh, so I worked with a professional and we, um, yeah, I mean, we shot very quickly. We went into editing very quickly as well. And the documentary is ready now. It will be launching um, November 11th, so 11-11 on Sunday on uh, Plant Based News uh, YouTube channel and Facebook. So I'm really excited. Yeah, that'd be quite cool. So is it called Let Us Be Heroes or has it got another title? Yes, it is called Let Us Be Heroes. The trailer is out, so it is on the um, Facebook page, Let Us Be Heroes. And I just find this is a beautiful name. This is a, really a calling. And, and a hero is really someone, you know, it's, it's everyday people. You know, it's someone who is an ordinary person, but who decides to take action for greater good. And, you know, you don't have to be famous. You don't have to quit your life and patrol the oceans or anything but everyone can make a difference. And that's really the message of the film. So it is really my hope that this film will inspire not only vegans in terms of learning, you know, how they can communicate in a way that is maybe more inspiring and inclusive, but also a film where, you know, we can sit down with our friends and our family and even, you know, our community and share because Again, we are all in this together. And I think this is really the type of content that anyone who is not attracted by a vegan lifestyle can start being open to it. And so that's, that's the goal. 
Okay. Yeah, it sounds like it's definitely worth the watch. So you've already said that people can connect with you on Facebook. You've also got an Instagram account and a website, correct? Yes, that's right. So it's all Let Us Be Heroes and um, letusbeheroes.com. Um, I do list on my website um, um, other resources and documentaries that have really impacted uh, my journey and that I found have has had um, have had a strong impact on people. So, you know, what the hells, um, you know, even Dominion, Cowspiracy, all this type of content is listed on my website for people who want to learn more. Yeah. Do you, after you've watched all of those documentaries in the past, do you recommend a specific order that people should watch those in if they're not yet vegan? I think, um, so, okay. Based on my experience. Okay. We, we all come from different angles. If someone is really passionate about the environment and, you know, reducing waste and reducing our impact, then definitely this person should watch Cowspiracy. And soon I'm really looking forward to seeing Seaspiracy uh, being released probably next year. Mm -hmm. um, but if I think health is something that is so important because sadly, when I ask in a room full of people who know someone who, have, who, knows someone who is struggling with a chronic disease or who has lost someone from a chronic disease, almost all hands, raise up and that is sad and this is not normal so i think there is a lot to gain for ourselves but also for our loved ones for us to educate ourselves into what is actual healthy eating and you know knowing that we have a choice so i personally i really liked what the health i liked folks over knives as well um i listed food choices on youtube which i find also very simple uh, when it comes to answering questions around protein calcium etc Mm -hmm. And um, so health is one that is really important. Looking at the planet is important. And yes, I think we need to look at what is happening to animals, but not just look at what is happening to them, but also reflect on, is that something I want to continue contributing to? And yeah. if in our heart, the answer is no, then, you know, this, this means it's time to, to go vegan and to follow a plant-based lifestyle. Yeah, 100%. So if people want you to go to their workplace or office or whatever to have a, you know, to talk to them, would they reach you through the website as well? Yeah, so the website is best. So at the moment, I'm based in Singapore and Hong I mean, Hong Kong is quite easy to organize and Southeast Asia in, in, in general. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, I'm open to travel, uh, but I'm doing this for free. So, I mean, it's, it, really, uh, it really is up to anyone wanting to, you know, invite me, come over and, and speak. I, I just spoke at the Bali Vegan Festival, which was great. And um, I'm also launching, I'm going to launch soon, I mean, a few months, I guess, um, free online public speaking training for people who want to speak about you know veganism and share their own journey so it's really a kind of training where i share with people the top insights on how to create um, an opening how to connect with all kinds of audiences how to master q a that kind of stuff and that will be available i mean i need to <laughs> i need to work with a with, on the partnership with that but uh, it's going to be available in a few months yeah, that sounds good. I think you've almost inspired me to go back out and do more public speaking because I used to do that a lot, you know, five That's years great. ago. And now I'm like, you know what, that would be quite helpful because you do get a bit more of a buzz from doing public speaking as opposed to like filming videos on Instagram or 
you know, Facebook or YouTube because you don't really see the reaction, reaction that people get. And it's, it's quite, you know, it's quite cool. Um, all right. Well, I think that is everything I wanted to ask you. Is there anything you kind of wanted to add to the conversation that we've not spoken about? Yeah. So I think that we need to be a little more accepting of where people are and less judgmental in general. So what I've came to learn in, you know, in public speaking is that many times when I was speaking, you know, there was someone in the audience that looked really angry or against what I was saying. And I remember, for example, I was in Paris last year and there's this guy in his fifties and I'm standing in front of him and I'm telling him to ditch cheese basically. So yeah. he looked not so happy and I thought, wow, you know, he's not liking what I'm saying. He's really against the message. And it turns out that this guy, um, that weekend, he watched all the documentaries I recommended and it turned out that he's, he had two sons who were struggling with asthma and he was extremely interested. So sometimes the person who looks like they are not listening to you or they are against what you're saying, that's not the case, you know, everybody is fighting a battle. I thought that speaking to conservative bankers, you know, would be more difficult than speaking to, you know, younger people in a startup environment. And I was wrong. You know, I had one of my best feedback was amongst bankers. Um, I had a mom coming to me saying how she had two teenagers who wanted to come to become vegan. And she had been forcing them to eat meat and now she felt bad and she asked me for recipes. So that was beautiful. And on the other hand, you know, I went into um, a big uh, tech company and, you know, the gatekeeper was on a keto diet. So he was not too keen to organize the talk. So we never know. We never know. And there's always someone in the audience that we are going to inspire and we are going to spark. So our role is just to build the foundations for other people to build on this. And we don't have much time. So I hope that not only people can embrace, you know, this, this change, but also start having this conversation with everyone around them. You know, if you are, you know, a mom and you're looking after your children, maybe you want to speak to other moms at school and speak with the parents and speak within your communities and see how you can really take a stand for better health for our planet and of course for um, the animals. Yeah. That's Really, a really good point. Make everything positive because you never know when somebody is going to ask you for help. Cool. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for jumping on this call. It's actually been really inspiring. Um, and I hope for the people that are listening, they've also learned something or been inspired maybe to even stand up in front of a crowd and do some public speaking as well. Um, so thank you so much for your time. And um, I hope that your documentary is released and well and everybody loves it because I know that from looking at the trailer, it looks really, really good so far. Yes, well, thank you for having me and, you know, anyone can connect with me anytime. I usually reply pretty quickly. So, yeah, just connect with me. All right, cool. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's all for today, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Of course, we'll see you next week. If you have questions or want to find out more information about working with me, check out my Instagram at thevegan underscore coach my website thevegancoach.org or just check out my facebook page have a great day and see you next week